Hello, it's Tuesday 18th of July. I'm Hannah Pearson. On today's show, Gary Bowman and I will be discussing the tourism outlook in the Maldives with our guest, Toyeb Mohammed, the Managing Director of Visit Maldives. So let's get started. This is the Southeast Asia Travel Show. Hello, wherever you are in the world, and thanks for listening in. So today, we're delighted to welcome Toyeb Mohammed, Managing Director of Visit Maldives, to discuss the outlook for tourism in the Indian Ocean archipelago, exactly three years after Maldives welcomed back tourists on the 15th of July 2020, after a four-month pandemic border shutdown. It was one of the first countries in our region to welcome back tourism. So Toya, thanks very much for coming on the Southeast Asia Travel Show. How are you doing today? And where are you right now? Thank you, Hannah and Gary. Uh, I'm right now in Maldives and so glad to be on the show with you too. Looking forward for a chat. In the beautiful Maldives. Have you been traveling much lately? Um, not really, but late, uh, like last month I met Hannah, right, Hannah, in the Pata Destination Forum. Yeah, in Sarawak. Good, good, mm. Yeah, good, good session there. That was, yeah. It was. And you've just been teasing us with the beautiful view outside your window as well, just before we went live. So I'm very jealous. <laughs> yeah, that upset us both because we're in urban Kuala Lumpur. But anyway, so let's start by looking back to it. But let's book, look back to July 2020, when the Maldives became one of the region's first destinations to reopen during the pandemic. Tell us about that reopening process and, and what were the, some of the challenges and opportunities that you faced? Indeed, we were very much blessed. And the Maldives borders were closed for three months in uh, during the 2020. And during the height of the pandemic and opened in July. So that means we opened within three months. The work that went on to the reopening was not only in July, though, but began as far back as before the borders were even closed. Um, we, the MMPRC, or what we call a visit Maldives, <laughs> conducted uh, several activities uh, during this time, and uh, almost around 314, I guess. And as part of this crisis recovery plan, uh, we did so much on online as well. We switched completely to online webinars and we did some road shows and uh, uh, things in there. Anyways, our marketing activities were extensively conducted in 22 global markets during this time, partnering with international PR agencies to ensure that every visitor in every market continued to, to see the beautiful sights of the Maldives despite the global borders are closed. Most of this was done during the borders were closed uh, at that time. And during this unprecedented time, we achieved the World Travel and Tourism Council's prestigious safe travel stamp on September 18. Indeed, this was the world's first ever global safety and hygiene stamp during the COVID times. And we used it very well for our benefits. The challenges during that time were numerous, of course, but one great opportunity for us was that our unique selling point, the one island, one resort concept, that is the Maldives signature, turned out to be the best form of natural 
social distancing, actually. And our geographically scattered islands really helped. And it because it is natural, it didn't cost us anything to make it scattered. And the Maldives was also socially distanced before COVID ever happened. I love that. I mean, you, you're right, right? Maldives, I guess, by its, by its geography, um, you know, when, when you look, obviously, at, at things like climate change, perhaps not such an advantage. But when you're looking during COVID, a massive advantage. And I love the fact that you're saying that you started to plan for the borders reopening and what to do even before they closed. And I think a lot of governments here in this part of the world failed to do that. You know, they they rushed to close the borders and just really didn't think through the steps. Even even maybe one year later, they were still trying to figure out how are we going to to reopen everything? Yes. So looking back on those three years since you reopened, um, what would you say have been those major learnings and takeaways for the tourism in Maldives? Well, uh, I think uh, that was the most hard three years for me my entire, in my entire life. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but working together towards the resilience is what I would say is the most important thing when it comes to pulling off something like this at a national level. And the only thing needed is not only a well thought out and planned guideline and procedures from the government, but with a crisis of this caliber, you need the full cooperation of the tourism sector, the private sector, the tourism industry stakeholders, everybody who is involved from the person who receives them from the drivers of the, whether it be the land or, or, or the sea. And this meant everyone from the immigration officers who checks your passport at the airport and all the sea and air to the butler who greets you with a smile upon arrival to your property, to the president of the Maldives, all of us were working towards this same goal, to open up to, a, a, as a very safe destination. I believe it is this spirit of cooperation that led to the success of our post-COVID recovery plans as well. And indeed, we learned in our office as well that we have to be prepared for crisis like this in the future. And flexibility in re-strategizing was the key in our, at our office. For example, the new crisis that followed in early 2021 in the form of the Russian invasion of Ukraine further threatened our visitor numbers. And But still, MMPRC re-strategized in many occasions in turning our focus markets and in some instances concentrate on other promising markets such as GCC and Southeast Asia as well. And we started with react, rethink and a recovery strategy from the time when we heard about the COVID across the globe. Yeah, that's fascinating. We'll move on from 2020 in a moment, but I've just got one more question. And I remember back at that time, and, and Hannah and I discussed this many times on the podcast, there was a lot of talk in Southeast Asia at that time about Maldives, about the fact that you were the first to put in new new processes for travel and tourism, which we hadn't really seen before, which were unique to the circumstances. And as Hannah said, you know, in our region, there was a lot more caution. Governments weren't really ready to reopen, certainly at that time. So going back to that time, Toy, you know, 
you were the first to do it in our region, really. I mean, did that sort of boost your, your, your global profile? Did it make the Maldives more sort of internationally known, I guess, at, at that time? I, I guess it was to our advantage, yes. In fact, it, we were the first to open. You were right, Gary. Um, the, even during the uh, post-COVID conferences, the most important question or the, the question is, how did you do it? <laughs> how, what was your challenges? So, yes, but the uh, I, I would say the leadership, the country's leadership in managing this played a, a very huge role. In fact, um, there was no such thing to look into to create the regulations or um, uh, the stringent measures. It was all done first time. Just to be aware of a virus. So it was very difficult. Sometimes it was uh, frustrating because we had to fight with, uh, with a lot of stakeholders sometimes. Uh, but of course, the, the the priority was given to the health sector professionals. The president himself led a committee, which I'm also involved in the committee. Every night, 9 p.m., we have a meeting virtually uh, later. It continued over, six, I think it was about four to five months, uh, even after the opening. In that, we discussed everything, smaller things. I mean, the president was chairing the meeting and we discussed about the food security, what's in, in there, what what would be the challenges for the tourism industry if somebody gets sick and all those things. I mean, that level, the seriousness was there in the nation. And uh, that is how we devised the, and the, uh, the plans, the ideas. And of course, we were listening to the professionals or the healthcare, uh, I mean, public health sector as major decision makers as well. So with that, we created the regulations or what we call the, the way we have to live during that time. And uh, so many uh, drafts were made, so, so much of comments being made. And uh, at last, he decided to open and during that time, again, another difficult uh, decision was, are we going to open or are we not? As you know, uh, you were right again. I, I will uh, repeat that. We were one of the first to open and people, the public was saying, are we putting our public into danger? Are we going to let the people be suffering from the, this opening or and some were lobbying of course for opening so it is very difficult for a person to decide and come into a consensus when there was a mixed feeling but still with the right uh, guidelines we did it and that is why it is being talked about that is why it is being uh, an example and uh, uh, one of the universities has done a case study on it. And myself, I'm very proud to talk about it as well as being a Maldivian. <laughs> and uh, of course, there's so many challenges so, uh, when we first opened up. But slowly, 
things got uh, much better. And imagine, I mean, uh, taking a tourist from the international flight through the customs, through the immigration and through this air taxi or the seaplane to a, a final destination. Imagine the touch points all were taken care of. What has to be done there? What will be? Uh, what will happen if somebody get in contact? Uh, there should be rooms in the resorts uh, for the isolation if somebody is sick, and all those. There's so much in there. So, Hana, it's a, it's not a laughing matter. Although I mean, I mean, it's it, it's just so serious. But we did it. Yeah, I mean, it's monumental, really. And I think you know you have to give Maldives absolute credit for it because it's almost easier as a country to open later on because you can copy other people's models of reopening but if you're one of the first ones to do it you've got to make it all up yourself um and and that's what you did like you said going through all of those touch points figuring it out putting together all of the those procedures to to make sure that the public are safe the you know residents of the Maldives are safe and at the same time you know getting in the tourists as well yes so take us through the Maldives visitor recovery in 2021 and 2022 compared to 2019. And how are you doing the first half of this year? All the tourist numbers declined in quarter two of 2021 during the COVID-19 Delta wave. Arrivals again started catching up to pre-pandemic levels after June 2021. And by end of 2021, monthly arrivals had almost recovered 2019 levels, which is pre-pandemic levels. And the Maldives received over 1.3 million tourists in that year, which is 2021, achieving the arrivals target set by the president for the year. And our top targets during the pandemic years were usually India, Russia, and other Western European countries like the UK and Germany. During this time, India exceeded pre-pandemic arrivals by 2021. Russia, the UK, and Germany exceeded pre-pandemic arrival numbers in 2022. We ended the year 2022 with 1.6 million tourist arrivals, having reached, again, the president's target arrival figure of 1.6 million visitors two weeks ahead of the new year. And we celebrated that as well. <laughs> and on December 22nd, 2022, the president announced that the uh, Maldives economy had recovered to pre-pandemic level during that time. And for the first half of this year, we have already gotten over 1 million visitors in only six months. This is an incredible milestone and really speaks volume for the success of the year ahead and uh, hoping to reach our target by November as well. Yeah, that's fascinating. You mentioned that, Toya, but I think a few minutes ago that a uh, university has already done a case study on the Maldives. I suspect we'll be we'll be seeing more, maybe Harvard case studies in the future about what what you achieved uh, from 2020 onwards and, and what, may go, what may come in the future from 2023, 2024. You mentioned uh, some of your key markets during the pandemic. And obviously, one of those that was missing, which was so important for you before the pandemic, was China. China is now reopened. How important is that for the Maldives? For us, every uh, major market is very important. But definitely, 
China is very, very important as well. The China Chinese market uh, consistently topped the arrival charts prior to the COVID-19 pandemic period. And after a three-year hiatus, China resumed direct flights to Maldives on 18th January this year, which positively impacted the arrival numbers. China is already the top fourth source market for the Maldives this year, with uh, staggering 1,659.5% growth in com comparison to the same period last year. Of course, it was not uh, happening last year. And Visit Maldives continued our destination marketing work in 2020, 2021, and last year in China, despite their borders being closed. And the influx of Chinese visitors as soon as borders reopen is testament to the effectiveness of this work. And we believe not only in China during the pandemic, I think, uh, I'm sure Hannah and Gary, you, you will be some witnesses. During the uh, pandemic, not many destinations were uh, doing their marketing, but we were seeing so much the Maldives, the visit Maldives, visit later campaigns, see you soon campaigns, those uh, across the globe. So uh, I think that was what another decision we took very wisely. Yeah, I mean, and it's making such a difference here in Southeast Asia as well, now that the, the Chinese have started to travel. So it's great to hear that that's the same for the Maldives. And, you know, if you've already reached over 1 million travelers at the first half of 2023, I mean, I imagine that that's only going to keep increasing um, as we go into the second half of 2023 and Chinese travelers really start to um, return in force. So looking at you know, trends. Have you seen any major differences for travellers um, compared to pre-pandemic in terms of how long they're staying, the source markets that are important for you, travellers themselves, expectations? Yeah, one major trend that we have noticed is the slow recovery of the Italian market. It was one of our traditionally strongest markets. And while Italy is showing exceptionally positive site of recovery, they have not reached pre-pandemic levels yet. But the Italian market has shown a 31% increase in arrivals month by month from January to June in comparison to the same period last year. So we have high hopes for this year. Probably it's their travel restrictions that, that is showing these trends. And the expectations of visitors have certainly changed. We find that visitors are now taking longer, a little bit longer vacations, and they seem to be more interested in a lot of experiences. Perhaps because of being stuck at home for so long, visitors now look for experiences where they can commune with nature and leave a smaller footprint. We've also noticed a huge influx of younger and eco-conscious visitors interested in local history and culture and most lowly, most low vacations than before. So that yeah. brings us kind of up to date that uh, from the reopening in 2020 up to the halfway point of 2023. Now let's look forward. And you recently launched uh, the Maldives' fifth tourism plan, which runs from 2023 through to 2027. We'll talk about it in a, little, in a little bit more detail in a moment, but I just wanted to start by asking you, 
How did you go about formulating the plan and what are the key objectives? Um, the fifth tourism master plan was developed by the tourism regulatory uh, body, which is the Ministry of Tourism. Of course, the, it is done in collaboration with major industry stakeholders and we are one of them. Um, the goals and objectives we shared by uh, the Visit Maldives based on our unique insights in market performances and visitor trends was taken into account and when setting the targets in the master plan. So we actually helped and, um, and a lot in formulating our uh, section of it. Consequently, the activities conducted even earlier this year, such as the Visit Mold Historic Tellers Conference, are in line with multiple targets set by the master plan. In fact, some of the things suggested and recommended by the master plan have been carried out in the past and is being carried in the last two years as well. We tried to tell them that it's being carried out, but uh, mostly it's uh, being said as a recommendation. For example, maximizing the benefits for adult communities, promoting sustainable tourism, and the unique experiences available in the Maldives. These are some of the first priority goals set in the tourism master plan and our activities very well align perfectly with this. And I must say it's, it's not, not a difficult task to carry out because it's what's being done already. For sustainability, um, you know, you just mentioned it now. It, it, it seems to be very much at the heart of the Maldives' fifth tourism plan. Um, so what steps are the Maldives taking to further strengthen that core message? As I participate in certain conferences as well, sustainability is the key word now. But it's more than that as well. And sustainability is at the heart of everything we do in the Maldives. We don't have a much of a choice in this matter after all. And as uh, one of the lowest lying countries in the world, we are always advocating for action in negating the climate crisis in all international platforms as well. We take the time to educate our visitors about the natural environment of the Maldives. And we make sure our tourist establishments have all the necessary resources as well to ensure the smallest possible carbon footprint. We also have many, many programs that our visitors can take part in to learn more about sustainable development, as well as to actively participate and help in protecting our beautiful ecosystems. Our Visit Maldives Storytellers Conference, which was held last month, was the most recent large-scale event we had it allowed us to put a spotlight on sustainable tourism practices that are known in the sunny side of life. The main idea is that sustainability is the core of, core of everything we do in the Maldives. Now, for us, it is, lo no, it is longer and no longer an option, but a necessity. Yeah, as you say, sustainability and climate impact so important to the Maldives, but also to destinations across our region. 
you've come through so many challenges over the last three years since you decided to reopen. There are challenges of, of rebuilding the, the destination and its appeal, which you've done very, very well. There are also challenges that come with growth. So the next phase um, of, of development, you know, what do you see as some of the key challenges for the Maldives over the coming years? Gary, can, do you want my list to go on in this 30 minutes? <laughs> you can tell me a few of them, Zoya. <laughs> well, the climate crisis, as mentioned before, is not just a threat for us in the future. It is our re lived reality. The Maldives depends on our beautiful natural ecosystems to attract visitors. The adverse effects of climate change affect us every day. Sea levels rising leads to the erosion of our world-famous beaches, and uh, microplastics in the sea are endangering the delicate ecosystems of our beautiful underwater reefs, famous as some of the best diving spots in the world. And trash floating in is threatening our turtles and whale sharks. I could go on and on, but this is a global threat and a global issue, but we are being affected now and we need action from everyone to solve this. This is not an issue of Maldives. This is not an issue of us as Maldivians. I think this relates to everyone's, what they do, everyone's lives and what their habits are. Absolutely. I think you, you it, it's spot on, right? It's, it's, and I think it's the, it's the smaller nations, the island nations who are, you know, not necessarily causing the, the climate crisis that are the ones that are suffering right now. Mm. So last week I was um, in the Seychelles actually for the Adventure Travel Trade Association and, and speaking at the Seychelles Tourism Forum. And a lot of the talk they had there was around this concept of perhaps setting a carrying capacity for their islands. And there was a lot of debate around that. Is that something that the Maldives is looking at doing? You're setting a carrying capacity for the islands. Are you nearing that point or is there still plenty of capacity there still? There is no indication yet that the Maldives Islands are nearing a carry capacity. With the naturally dispersed geography of our islands and the fact that only about 200 are inhabited from almost over 1,200 islands, I think we still have a quite way to go. But still, I think it's time to be ready for it rather than be uh, talking about it at later stage as some inhabited islands where the local tourism are has been a little bit in that line now where the high-rise buildings are being seen. So things like that could be an issue that has to be addressed by the regulators. I guess one of the sides of Maldives tourism that's probably less well known is the, the guest house side of, of the industry. And um, we know more and more about the resorts. But I think since 2008, the number of beds in registered guest houses has risen significantly by, by a huge proportion. Can you just tell us a little bit more about uh, the, the approach to developing tourism on some of your lesser known islands? Um, opening up of guest houses is a huge opportunity for the locals. As you know, it's a simple uh, operational procedures are involved in it in most of the um, establishments. It has been something which a lot were wanted to get involved. And as with everything else, the challenges are plenty. 
But if anything, Maldivians are exceptional at rising to the occasion. The local island experience in the Maldives is truly different from anything else. And the calm and laid-back atmosphere itself would have been enough. But paired with that, the natural beauty of our untouched island's local island tourism has become a highly successful segment. It was initially difficult for island communities to get used to having tourists in their home base rather than in individual islands, as has been our signature with our one island, one resort, as you said. And one reason why the local island tourism sector has boomed in the Maldives is because of the natural warmth of our people. We can't help it but be friendly and kind to visitors to our islands, our homes. And I think the difference really shows. Yeah, I mean, we had um, Ruth Franklin from Secret Paradise Maldives on, I think it was probably almost two years ago, right, Gary? And I think what was very interesting about what she does is it's it's all about this. It's about that interaction with the locals and that that's her kind of her, her USP versus going to stay in a big resort and you know that's that's always the magic of, of visiting a place beautiful scenery but the 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 warmth of the local people there as well mm-hmm. so you keep mentioning this visit Maldives storyteller conference and, and you showed a fantastic <laughs> video um during the Pata conference as well you know showcasing that um so maybe you could explain a little bit about what it actually was and what was that driving force behind that idea what results have you seen so far out of it because it's quite unique yes and i'm so proud of it <laughs> yeah uh, it is an idea being developed by us the team of visit Maldives. it's a mix of formats and genres of how storytelling can be taken into another level in a creative manner This highly anticipated event was strategically organized during the low season, aiming to drive in and increase arrivals in the upcoming months. We brought together international speakers, content creators, journalists, bloggers, and industry professionals from around the world to celebrate the power of storytelling and to showcase the beauty and allure of the sunny side of life. Um, Following the conference, one-of-a-kind gathering held on May 30th across Crossroad Maldives, participants embarked on unforgettable adventures through eight regions of the Maldives, each offering its own distinct charm and thrilling adventures. And the conference was aimed to spread the word about the beauty of the Maldives and as more than just sun, sand and sea, and truly unique offerings that have helped us redefine mice. The conference garnered widespread attention globally as it showcased multiple regions of the Maldives simultaneously, generating an impressive reach of, of over 89 million on these Maldives social media platforms alone. And the extensive coverage of various regions during the sideline activities of this event in, in the eight regions is expected to result in a further surge in arrivals, with bookings becoming more evenly distributed throughout the Maldives. So again, I think that's the idea behind of it and what we wanted to be achieving from that. So Toib, it's been fantastic to speak to you today and learn about what's been happening over the past three years. 
We've used the word challenges quite a lot. Let's end on an upbeat note and talk more about the opportunities. You mentioned so far, we're halfway through the year. You're on track to meet your tourist arrivals target for 2023. Where do you see the opportunities for Maldives for the rest of this year and into 2024? Um, Like I mentioned before, we are extremely hopeful for this year, especially with China's border borders being open and um, more connections through the Southeast Asia. The arrivals target set for this year by President is 1.8 million tourists, as I said before. So July, we have reached 1 million. I believe this is an indication of great things to come in the year ahead and that beyond. We are hitting milestone after milestone in advance at the moment. The world appears to have finally gotten mostly back on its feet after the pandemic now. And people have been waiting for years for the perfect vacation. And I'm hoping to reach at least 1.9 by the end of the year, which is about a little bit more than what's being expected. If things goes well, well, the sunny side of life is right here, waiting to come, all of them, all of you, I must say with warm smiles, open arms, ready to make every one of their vacation dreams come true and make memorable occasion for you. I can say that. That is one thing we are looking forward. Yeah, I mean, Maldives is certainly on my bucket list. And, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's on Gary's <laughs> I'm too. sold. <laughs> you can host the show in here, Gary. And, okay. uh, <laughs> Done. <laughs> Be the Maldives travel show. We'll just rebrand. That's fine. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much, Toyo. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. And that brings the show to a close for the week. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. So don't forget to send us your thoughts and comments on anything we discussed with Toyib or anything we missed out. You can drop us a message on our LinkedIn page at the Southeast Asia Travel Show. Yep. And as always, you can catch up with the Southeast Asia Travel Show's full back catalogue on our website, the seasiatravelshow.com. And of course, you can find us on any international podcast platform. So that's a wrap for today, but we'll be back in two weeks to talk more Southeast Asian travel and tourism with you then. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>